This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, here we are. Thursday, a throwback Thursday, if you will. Ultimate throwback Thursday. And yes, there's a ton to talk about today. And yes, I am matter than I really need to be at Barack Obama. I really am. And I'm going to explain in a little bit. But I have to start the show from the perspective of where were you on this date in 1977? Many of you were not here yet. Many of you had been here for a while. I had been here for a little while, almost 20 years. And On this day in 1977, something amazing happened. And today is the anniversary of the launch of something remarkable, amazing, historic, entertaining. Well, let me just give you a little sample of the of the promo that appeared in theaters in advance of this day. It's for all audiences somewhere in space. This may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. I don't know if that's the... Was that the elevator pitch? Was that how they originally sold this 40 years ago? You look at the, uh, at the trailer that's, that's floating around. If you go to Star Wars on Twitter, at Star Wars on Twitter, you can see this, this uh, promo from 40 years ago today. And it, it really takes you back. It took me back. I did not see... Star Wars when it first came out. I have to admit. I did as a matter of fact the the day I saw Star Wars was much later, months later in the summer when the theaters weren't crowded because despite the fact that there were people lined up waiting to get in, I I was not going to sit in line and and wait to get in. It just seemed foolish to me. Besides I had work to do. I was trying to make money for college. 
But I, I went to Star Wars the day Elvis Presley died. I think that was sometime in August. And Star Wars was still in the theater, and my friend Todd and I went to see it. And uh, we were both amazed. We both left the theater thinking, wow, why didn't we go see this earlier? This was amazing. And the special effects now are kind of laughable when you see them. But we'd never seen anything like that. And as we're getting out of the theater and into the car to drive home, it was the middle of the afternoon because we had seen the matinee because I'm cheap. Uh, we turned on the radio and every radio station had Elvis Presley playing a different Elvis song on every station in Chicago. You go to WLS and WCFL and WG, everybody had an Elvis song on. And it was the day Elvis died. So I associate Star Wars and Elvis Presley together. I know it's kind of a crazy association, but there it is. But 40 years ago today, Star Wars hit the theaters and, and the, uh, the never-ending debate for people who appreciate this kind of science fiction, for me anyway, is what, what's the better sci-fi? Which was better, Star Wars or Star Trek? because you have your Star Wars people and you have your Star Trek people, but I really don't believe there's a whole lot of crossover. I really don't. So that's today's vital question of the day. It's on the internet. I posted it on my YouTube, uh, not on my YouTube, on my, uh, on my Twitter page already. I want to know, Star Wars or Star Trek, in your mind, which is better? And if you want to call up and make your case, I will uh, gladly debate the topic with you. We currently, I just, I just threw this up a few minutes ago, but Star Wars gets 61% uh, of the early votes. Star Trek gets 11. 17% uh, of you are saying neither, and there's an 11% group that says, we love everything, both. Don't judge us. I am... I'm a fan of the television version of Star Trek... And I loved the first three Star Wars. And that's kind of where I stand. I, I absolutely thought the first TV, se this TV season that gave us Star Trek was always going to be great, especially when you understand why it was written. It was written by Roddenberry wrote this with a, a social issue in mind. He was trying to address all the, all the issues of the day, be it war, racism, the difference between men and women, all of that was supposed to be encapsulated in this series he wanted to do. And NBC said, nah, now nah, we're not interested. And he said, okay, what if I put it in space? And if you, if you go back and look at the original TV series with that kind of lens that you, or filter that you put it through, you begin to understand what Gene Roddenberry was trying to do when he created Star Trek. And maybe it makes a little bit better sense. And I still think some of the, granted, this, the Star Trek episodes, the fight scenes, the special effects, you could not get much cheesier. And William Shatner and his Shatnerian acting, you also could not get much cheesier. But let's face it, Star Trek, to me, is better than Star Wars in terms of delivering a message on social issues. Now, you can debate. And there are many of you who will. I wasn't a fan of the Star, Star Trek movies. Not so much.
just the TV series. I guess that makes me very old school. Or maybe it makes me very old. Don't take the bait, Dallas. It's usually when they whisper in my ear, yes, you're correct. But I posted it on Twitter, so I really do want to know. What do you think? Which, which was better? Do you have a preference for Star Wars? Do you have a preference for Star Trek? I wish Emily Zanotti were here from Heat Street. She is uh, a person I think... Uh the TV series and the episodes and the lines and the, the stories they told. I, I still was shocked the day I went to a, a hotel in Baltimore during a convention I was attending, a business convention, and the hotel was also hosting a Star Trek convention. And I had never attended or encountered a Star Trek convention. And so I, I can tell you to this day, I have some of the most interesting memories from that, that two-day stay in a Baltimore hotel where people actually had the complete outfits, the ears, the makeup, and uh, everything. And they were all in, 100% all in. And yet I still love the TV series. So that's today's vital question of the day. There's a, there's a whole lot more to get to today. As I mentioned, um, before dawn this morning, President Obama ticked me off. It might even be fair to say President Obama pissed me off. And I, I just think it's, it's rude what he did. It's rude that I, I don't think any other president in my memory did what Obama did today. And he actually started it yesterday. I, 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 I dropped... I, dro I dropped my pen as I was writing down some notes and I went, wait, what? What is going on? Live in, in Germany this morning, live at the Brandenburg Gates with 80,000 people looking on, Barack Obama participated in an event and uh, all I could think of was, wait a minute, he's there with Angela Merkel, the German leader, who's going to be meeting with the president of the United States very shortly. And yet there's the, the last president and he's up there and he's got 80,000 people and the media's covering it live around the world. If CNN's covering it, if MSNBC's covering it, it's live around the world. So Barack Obama managed to get himself into the front and center of the spotlight with the, the head of the German government on the same day that the parents, uh, on the same day, the parents, on the same day that the president is supposed to be meeting with Angela Merkel and all the folks in NATO for a big event, just a couple hours before. Never seen anything like that. It's a little bit of uh, spotlight grabbing by the former president. And it, it wouldn't have bothered me quite as much if his message was also um, less, less of an attack on the current administration. And it wouldn't bother me as much if it, if it had also not been the second day in a row that 
the Obamas appeared to be shadowing the current administration on its trip to Europe because Barack and Michelle were spotted, I believe, in Italy, or maybe it was Sicily, the day before. So what are you doing? The president's in Rome. You're hanging out in Sicily. The two of you are drawing a crowd because you know you will draw a crowd. Do you, do you just feel like you're not significant enough, sir? Are you that worried about your legacy that you, you have to go out and try and take the spotlight back from the guy who won the election? It's really kind of um, childish, I think is the correct term. And when you hear what the president said, it's, you can't dismiss it. He's absolutely trying to, trying to mess with Donald Trump. He's absolutely trying to take the spotlight away from the president during a week when the president has seen his poll numbers spike after sitting at around 38, 39%. The numbers we were getting yesterday were showing that Donald Trump had gone up to uh, I guess a 48, 49% approval rating. So God forbid the Democrats miss an opportunity to draw the attention away from the current president. And that's exactly what happened this morning. I'll play the comments for you around the, just around the corner. I gotta, I gotta line them up and get my outrage ready. I just, I just think it's total Bush league president Obama. I think it's, it's just probably the cheesiest, rudest thing you've done to date. And I know you're a young man with plenty of time left to do dumber, cheesier, and ruder things. I'll play you the president's comments. And you tell me who he was going after. Just shameful. We'll do that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. We're going to be going through this all day long. And yeah, we'll get to the Montana guys uh, screw up because I have, I have thoughts on that too. But uh, the big question of the day, the really vital question of the day, where are you? Where are you in the universe? Are you a Star Wars? Are you a Star Trek? Are you a neither? Are you a both? You can go to Twitter at StuntBrain, at StuntBrain, and vote as we speak. You can also call in, uh, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. You can write, as Mike Thorne did. Mike Thorne wrote, I saw Star Wars after working all day, then drove to Michigan from Chicago. It's a pretty good drive. Only showing was at 11 p.m., Fell asleep during the movie, but woke up when the Death Star blew up. <laughs> yeah, I remember that being kind of 
kind of uh, shaking the entire theater as it happened. So if you have a thought on the, the vital question of the day, please do vote on the Twitter poll. And it's, it's really important to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is. Because I want to know where this audience stands. Do you stand with me on the Trek side of things and James Tiberius Kirk? Or are you over in the galaxy far, far away? I just would like to know. Now, before we went away, I was grousing about President Obama. The former president, and I have another bone to pick with President Obama after, after the bottom of this hour, too. The former president showed up today in, in uh, Berlin. And this happened early this morning, at least it was pre-dawn here, so it was probably 10 o'clock in Berlin. 10 o'clock in Berlin, and Barack Obama is at the Brandenburg gates with, uh, with Angela Merkel and two other folks, and they're talking about human rights and health care. First of all, you're not the president. Second, the president of the United States, the guy who is the president, well, he's going to be meeting with Angela Merkel today. And you probably knew that. The president's schedule, this whole trip has been publicized everywhere. But no, Barack Obama can't let Donald Trump be the president. He can't get the presidential genes toned down in his own, in his own life. As I mentioned, the day before he was spotted, I think it was in Sicily, he and Michelle. And of course, a crush of photographers followed them around. And as, as, the, as the Trumps are meeting with the Pope, the Obamas are hanging out in public. That bothered me a little bit. But this really bothered me. Let's go through just a little bit of what President Obama, former President Obama, I love saying former with his name, Former President Obama said when he was sitting with Angela Merkel at this event at the Brandenburg Gates in Berlin. In the eyes of God, a child on the other side of the border is no less worthy of love and compassion than my own child. I think, I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree. But does anyone else's butt get chapped when this guy starts talking about God because he almost never talked about God when he was president? Seemed like the most godless administration I, I recall in my life. Anyway, let's, let's get him keep going. I'm, I'm sure he's going to say that the immigrant crossing the border reminds him of his son if he had one. But he, he initially goes after Trump talking about borders and children. We, we can't distinguish between them in terms of their worth and their inherent dignity and that they're deserving of shelter and love and education and opportunity. But we are also the heads of nation states and we have responsibilities to citizens and people within our borders and we have finite resources. And so part of the job I think of governments is to express humanity and compassion and solidarity with those in need, but also recognize that we have to operate within 
legal constraints and institutional constraints and the obligations that we have to the citizens of the countries that we serve. And that's not always easy. My hope was that I was able to get 100% of people health care while I was president. He was talking about health care a little bit later after he talked about uh, borders and how we need to be benevolent. But we also need to follow the laws and protect the people who are here. He said more. We didn't quite achieve that, but we were able to get 20 million people health care who didn't have it before. And charge them twice as much, in some cases three times as much. After you lied about them keeping their doctor, after you lied about the plan saving them money. And certainly I have some regrets that we weren't able to get everyone health care. And obviously some of the progress that we made was is now imperiled because there's still a significant debate taking place in the United States. But the point, though, is, is that for those 20 million people, their lives have been better. And, and what about the 300 million people whose lives are worse because of it? There's more to this. I, I want to get deeper into the, the reasons why I think this president, ex-president, thank God, is adult. We'll do it after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are talking about my recent outrage with President Obama. And it came this morning, came before dawn this morning, when I learned that President Obama was speaking in Berlin, Germany, um, the same day that that uh, President Trump, the actual president of the United States, was scheduled to be speaking, not in Germany, but at the NATO headquarters in Brussels, standing side by side with uh, German, German President Angela Merkel. And Donald Trump had it on his calendar. The whole world knew where Trump was going to be for the last two weeks. And we knew who was going to be there. We knew all of the NATO leaders were going to be there for the solemn ceremony dedicating this monument to the attacks of 9-11. It's going to be a very emotional day. So what does Barack Obama do? He saddles up and offers to be there with Merkel earlier in the day in, in Berlin, a place where he visited before he was elected. Remember, he tried to recreate the the uh, John F. Kennedy, Ich bin ein Berliner moment. And in some ways he did. He had a massive crowd there. But Obama shows up in Berlin, criticizes the president of the United States without using his name. And I just think it's, it's, uh, it's beyond rude. It's the height of arrogance, which, you know, we remember this president quite arrogant 
Was he a better communicator than Trump? I think he was a different communicator than Trump. He spoke to his audience, and his audience loved him. The people that didn't like him didn't appreciate the way he spoke, didn't appreciate the things he did and the things, the things he wanted to do to this country. Kind of sounds like people who like Donald Trump too, right? There are people that absolutely love the way Trump speaks, and there are people like me who would like him to speak more presidential. So back to, back to Barack Obama. Barack Obama is up in front of a crowd of people and decides he's going, to, um, he's going to give us a hard time. He's going to give the president a little talking to. This is one of the things he said. In this new world that we live in, we can't isolate ourselves. We can't hide behind a wall. Gee, in this I... new world that we live in, we can't isolate ourselves. We can't hide behind a wall. Who do you think he's talking about? We can't isolate ourselves. We can't hide behind a wall. Gee, gee, who, who would that be? I wonder. It's, it's just such an insult. And Democrats, can you imagine how angry you'd be, how outraged you would be if Barack Obama had been giving a speech in Germany or in, in uh, let's say Barack Obama was scheduled to speak at, at the, uh, the NATO headquarters to dedicate a, tr a tribute, a monument to the, the victims of September 11th. If Barack Obama was scheduled to be there with Angela Merkel, how would you feel in 2012 if Mitt Romney scheduled an appearance before your appearance in Berlin with Angela Merkel and criticized your health care program? How would you feel? Seriously, because that's exactly what's going on here. Democrats would have lost their mind. Democrats would have screamed and hollered. Democrats would have said, this is... This is tearing down the presidency. Well, see, this is the do as we say, not as we do Democratic Party in full effect. And if you don't believe Barack Obama is still the leader of the Democratic Party, just look at his political action committee and the amount of money he's spending. He is creating something along the lines of what the Clinton Foundation was. Only it's going to be more purely political. Obama's less of a mask than the Clintons, if you can believe it. Obama doesn't really seem to care. He's just going to do what Barack's going to do. And he's got this gigantic pile of money, and he's going to spend it to go after everything that he's worried is going to get cut down. So it's obvious that he's worried about losing his legacy. He's worried about health care. He's very concerned that the Republicans are going to have any success and tear down the health care. And now he's out everywhere, everywhere, spending time, money, his own personal capital. And I just think that nobody in the media is going to call him out for this. At least I haven't heard anyone except me saying that uh, Obama, this was totally it's not it's not gangster it's not statesmanlike. It's just rude. It's flat out rude that you would do this. Talking about healthcare, talking about walls, talking about borders. You just you're just wrong, sir. And on top of it, in addition to not talking about this, 
there are two other areas of what Obama did to America that are totally avoided, that are totally obscured, that no one in the media is brave enough to talk about. Well, almost nobody. Yesterday, we mentioned briefly the rising rates of, of health insurance premiums. And there is a document out now that Paul Ryan talked about just a little bit ago, showing that that every single state virtually doubled since Obamacare has come into, uh, into effect. The cost of getting insurance doubled, and in some cases went even further and was worse, tripled. So no one's talking about that. No one's talking about the fact that the president, as was uh, uncovered by Circa, by some great reporting by Sarah Carter at Circa.com, that, that President Obama and his administration was spying on average Americans, you and I, you and I, for years and years and years. Where's the, where, where's the outrage? I think there's only one person who is outraged by, by the spying, the domestic spying that was done by the NSA on each and every one of us. And sure, not every single one of us had deep files developed or uh, deep research into us. But they're saying one in five of the NSA calls, one in five of the NSA files was about American citizens, not about spying on people overseas. And when this was brought to light, guess what the NSA did with all that data? Guess what they allegedly did with the data? They deleted it. They got rid of it. Now, Rand Paul's the only guy I've heard who is standing up for the Fourth Amendment. Rand Paul is the only member of Congress who is telling people the Senate needs to put a stop to this. Nobody in the House is doing it. So we talk about our basic rights. We talk about the, the first 10 amendments being the most important. And you get to the First Amendment, you get to the Second Amendment. By the time you get to the Fourth Amendment, we've all forgotten about everything, haven't we? Well, Obama's administration was spying on people. Regular people, you and I. It wasn't just Cheryl Atkinson. It wasn't just the, uh, the other reporter at Fox who was spied on. It was real people. And so wh where's the outrage? Where are we as, as citizens demanding some sort of public accounting of this? Why aren't there hearings on this? Why aren't there people being subpoenaed to come in and talk about this? It doesn't make any sense. It's, and this is why the study that's on the blaze is so important. The study that shows the American people just don't trust the news. The American people believe that the mainstream media, the mainstream media is just giving us fake news. We should talk about that. What is fake news? And who? Who makes up the mainstream media? Who do you think it is? Do you have an opinion? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Who is the mainstream media? 888 Who is the mainstream media? I'll tell you my, my belief who the mainstream media is. And then we'll discuss it after the break. Next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Do me a favor. Go to the uh, go to the Twitter and vote in today's poll: Star Wars versus Star Trek. Why are we doing that today? Why today are we asking a vital question about which do you prefer, Star Wars or Star Trek? It's the 40th anniversary of the opening of Star Wars in the movie theaters, 1977. On this date, in 1977. And uh, to do a little other housekeeping business, just got a a note from the kid in Paris. Riley Opelka had one match standing between him and a slot in the French Open, and he lost a three-set heartbreaker just about 30 minutes before we went on the air, and he just just sent me a a direct message on the Twitter saying thank you and uh, thanks. Thanks to all the fans, apparently he sees when you guys tweet about him afterwards. The guy who, who beat him played really well. It was a very close match. They, I think they each had 13 aces, and uh, the other guy had more double faults than Riley. It was four double faults to three double faults. And you know what? Just another step down the road for this 19-year-old kid. I hope, I hope we get to see him playing in... Uh, in Wimbledon this year, if he was going to get into the French Open, I told my wife I was going to jump on a plane and go to Paris, and she wasn't too keen on that, especially with everything that's going on in the world today. So I guess I'm lucky. I guess I'm lucky that uh, the kid didn't get in. It'll keep domestic tranquility on an even keel. Uh, Breaking news, uh, it is National Wine Day. Did you know is National Wine Day? W-I-N-E, not W-H-I-N-E. That's pretty much every day, I think. Pretty much. So uh, it, it is National Wine Day. If you, if you so desire, um, we, won't be, we won't be having National Wine Day celebration here until after the show. We will be celebrating uh, during the, uh, the replay tonight. And I am reminding you that this program is live noon Eastern to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. And then it replays again after the Buck Sexton program, which is now 7 to 10 p.m. So we're on 10 p.m. to uh, 1 a.m. Eastern. So during the replay this evening, I will be uh, marking National Wine Day with some lovely grape juice. Uh, Also... uh, there was one other weird, weird factoid about today, other than the Star Wars Day and the National Wine Day. I have to, I have to try and remember what it was. Hmm. <laughs> we will. Is it National Missing Children's Day? Shamat just told me that in my ear from Dallas. Is it really that, Shamat? Just nod your head. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll understand. Oh, that's a shit. You know, missing children, I cannot imagine as a parent. But thank you for bringing the serious topic in as I'm talking about wine and Star Wars. 
Oh, God bless those parents. And, uh, you know, I know Glenn does a lot to try and stop the traffic trafficking of children. And that's got to be tying into the missing children stuff, too. Uh, we have much to cover today. We have much to cover today because uh, we are hearing not only that the White House is is bolstering its staff by creating a war room to deal with some of the challenges they face, possibly in the legal world. Uh, we are also uh, hearing more uh, more news about the the crazy story that broke last night about the candidate for the Montana House seat who allegedly slam dunked a reporter. You know, the, the report was body slammed. But now that we're starting to hear different stories, uh, there was one account from Alicia Acuna from Fox News who was in the room who said that he grabbed the reporter by the neck and threw him to the ground and then punches were being thrown. So uh, from the scuffle on the tape, which we should play, from the scuffle on the tape, you don't really hear a whole lot of punches being thrown. It just sounds like a little bit of a wrestling match. And uh, we will get to that story because there's something there in terms of the media and the left that I, I just can't understand why the rush to tie what a candidate for a pretty inconsequential House seat in, in Montana, what, what that candidate has to do with Donald Trump. They share the party. But seriously, how can you blame what happened in that room between a candidate and a reporter? How can you blame that on Donald Trump? It seems like a bit of a stretch, right? Well, um, Joe Scarborough from Morning Joe, that was the first 25 seconds of his show this morning. And Nancy Pelosi found a way to get to it, too. When we come back, we'll talk about this weird situation, and I'll, I'll share with you Scarborough's attack and Pelosi's slam next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, there is breaking news in this third hour of Pure Opelka. There is a newly released verdict from the Federal Appeals Court. No shock here. They have upheld the block on Donald Trump's travel ban. That's the latest one. This is not going to change until it gets to the Supreme Court. That's... That's been my statement from day one, that all of these appeals courts have already been stacked over the last few years by, by the uh, Obama administration with liberals. So you're not, you're, you know, it'd be a real surprise if anyone would let the travel ban go through. It's it just not a shock to me. So while, while the, um, the folks on CNN and MSNBC will tout this as, this is great, this is wonderful. It, it's not really anything that 
would surprise anybody. Not at all. Not in the least. So you can do what you want. Um, the story that, that everyone's talking about, this Greg Gianforte, the guy running for the House seat that's open because Ryan Zinke got a White House appointment. Um, this story, there's an interesting sidebar. It's been changed already. But I have a copy of the picture. The minute it happened, somebody went to Gianforte's Wikipedia page and changed it. Somebody actually got a little creative with it. I don't know why. You know, what is the instinct that the minute something bad happens to someone, these uh, jokesters have to get on the Wikipedia page and try and change it? So, uh, it, like I said, it's been changed already, but it initially was changed to read Greg Richard Gianforte, born April 17th, 1961, is an American engineer, businessman, politician, and professional body slammer. <laughs> professional body slammer. There you go. Somebody, somebody got a little clever. Well, I'm sure the Gianforte uh, campaign went in and went, hang on a second. Hang on. We got to change that back. And so they did. And now that's been removed. There is a reference to it, though. Reference to the fact that he also ran for governor of Montana in 2016, losing to the incumbent Democrat in that state. But he is um, facing the special election that's happening today. And it does have the correct basic information about the, the incident with Ben Jacobs of The Guardian, who was allegedly assaulted and body slammed and the reporter's glasses were broken. A big, big jump that the uh, the uh, reporter will be getting some free glasses. No shock that a company saw this as a great opportunity to jump on it and cash in. I love it when stuff like that happens. Uh, speaking of uh, updates as well, uh, breaking news and updates. Remember the story of the young girl that got dragged into the water by the seal? And the, the, fa the sea lion, not a seal, it was the sea lion. And uh, barely escaped. Thank God a relative or, or a gentleman who was there jumped in. It turned out to be a fast-acting grandfather who jumped into the harbor and pulled her away from the seal. Well, uh, during, the, during the incident, she actually received a little bit of a, a superficial wound, they're calling it. And apparently it was from, from the bite of, of the seal. And it's on her hand. And they're calling this um, this superficial wound, which could have all kinds of funky bacteria in it, because you don't know. You have no idea where that seal and that sea lion have been. And typically when, when uh, an animal like this, a sea mammal's mouth, bites a person, the bacteria, the infections can enter the skin. Too bad it's not yesterday and we heard this story because we could have asked Dr. Jorge about it. They say that if left untreated, these bites, this, um, this infection, which is known as seal finger from the sea lion, could get really serious and could um, sometimes turn out to be resistant to antibiotics. So they are, they're actually fighting off this. She's already been getting some sort of medical treatment on it. But can you imagine? Uh, before antibiotics, apparently, this condition that they call seal finger was known as sealer's finger 
from the Norwegian word for blubber, they had a word called speckfinger. And uh, apparently a serious threat to hunters and anybody who handles untreated skins, you know, from, from anything they're hunting. And uh, I guess it's, it's known enough that, that people, will, uh, people would regularly lose a finger, lose a digit. But uh, who who knew? Just any anyone else need a, a better reason not to feed wild animals? Anyone else need convincing that when you're you're standing on the dock and these giant sea creatures, these monsters that live under the water, come up and they look all cute, that you shouldn't stay away because you could lose a finger, and not from a bite. It could be just from a scratch. So be smart. And uh, also speaking of dumb criminals. Not that the SEAL people, the sea lion people were criminals. But we're over in the weird news, dumb criminal zone as we were taking a break. This comes out of Jackson, Mississippi. And um, the irony is palpable. There's a guy who once worked in the, the local prison, Mississippi's tough correctional system, a guy named Christopher Epps. He used to call himself the tallest hog at the trough. Christopher Epps was the tallest hog at the trough, in, in his opinion. But yesterday, a judge in the, uh, in the Miss Jackson, Mississippi court system, District Judge Henry T. Wingate, said that uh, Mr. Epps, the tallest hog at the trough, uh, was actually the tallest crook at the trough. He, he got sentenced to 20 years in prison for crimes connected to 1.4 million in bribes. This had been going on for years. They were trying to, um, trying to break this case for years. They knew this guy apparently was, was taking bribes and that he was regularly telling people they had to give him $100,000 for this or that. And they called it, Wingate called it in his, his write-up of the case, the largest graft operation that certainly I have ever seen, and I have seen a lot. This guy's been on the bench since 1985. He has bruised tremendously the, the image of the state of Mississippi. The same guy, the tallest hog at the trough, pled guilty in 2015 to charges of money laundering and filing false tax returns related to the bribes he had taken from contractors who were working within the prison system. Those charges carried a maximum sentence of 23 years in jail. He's been in jail since, uh, since the judge decided this guy's probably a, a flight risk. And uh, so he, he uh, has been given credit for the time he served while being locked up in jail. So his 19-year his and seven-month sentence will get a couple months credit. So you just got to wonder, the guy who was overseeing the prison system, who was then skimming from everybody working in the prison system, when he gets sentenced to prison, when he gets sent into the big house after everybody saw the comment, because the comment, the tallest hog at the trough, was on tape and played over and over again. Uh, do you think he's going to get an interesting welcome when he gets into prison? Yeah, I, I do too. And uh, I, I have some 
a good news story and then I have a weird news story. I know I told you about the bear. The bear story is one that just gets me and it's it seems perfect. And I just wonder, have you ever been so hungry and wanted a donut so badly in the middle of the night or at the at just coming home after a night of partying? You ever been so hungry hungry you could rip the bumper off a car? Well, that happened in Steamboat Springs where a bear tore the entire bumper off of a car, a car that was used to deliver donuts and tried to claw its way through the trunk of this car. There's a picture of it on the AP News site. I should tweet out a link to this because it's kind of ridiculous. And the, the owners of the car came out and they thought, oh my God, somebody hit us. And then they saw the bumper on the ground and they noticed these scratches and then somebody figured it out. The car, because it's always transporting donuts, smells like a rolling bakery. And although there were no donuts inside the car, they, they said that the, the bear's sense of smell was probably driving it crazy as it was clawing away at the insulation in the trunk trying to get inside to where the smell was. I guess they should be happy that, uh, that the bear just kind of took off and then stick around and wait for the people to open it up. But their insurance, you know this is going to be on one of those farmers insurance company commercials where the, the bear wanting the donuts is going to rip the bumper off the car and then get inside. Just saying. And then as we get ready to uh, celebrate the Memorial Day weekend, and I want to talk about Memorial Day. A friend of mine does something pretty amazing uh, every Memorial Day, and he's been doing it for at least 15 years. But as we get ready for to go on Memorial Day, a lot of us are going to go on a drive. A lot of us are going to travel, maybe go visit family, maybe go visit friends or go to a barbecue somewhere. And when you do, you're probably going to stop along the highway at uh, one of those places that has gas and, and goodies. Maybe it's one of those places like the, the Sheets gas station and convenience and restaurant place? Well, the people at the Sheets restaurant have noticed something going on and they've issued a warning that in the restrooms of at least one of their outlets, somebody decided to use the changing table as a table to set up their, their drugs. And they discovered this when somebody came in and they noticed a syringe, some blood, some powdered white drugs, and a guy kind of in the corner curled up. And here's the, here's the problem with that. The, the residue, the white heroin that was on the changing table, if you were putting a child on that, authorities say that that heroin can be absorbed through the skin especially of a baby, so easily that it could be deadly. And so these are those things, just another great thing you have to watch out for while you're, while you're taking the family on a holiday vacation. You have to make sure that if you're going in to use the changing table in the bathroom, that you got to wipe it down because some idiot might have been setting up their works and uh, hooking themselves up and spilling some heroin on the table. Just something to worry about. Who, who would even think of this? 
but they say if you're going on a trip and you're a parent or a grandparent, you're taking the kids with you, put a changing pad down or put a blanket down. Just very bizarre. I don't, I, stuff you never even thought you would face. And yet there it is. From dumb crooks to bears ripping the bumper off cars to you got to worry about heroin on the changing table. I know. I know. Step away. Take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have results, I'm guessing, around 10 o'clock tonight in the, uh, in the Montana election. I'm not too concerned about it. I think because of the, the lateness of this event, and I, I'm not endorsing this guy. I certainly wouldn't want to be on record of endorsing the guy who just attacks a reporter, especially a reporter. I don't care if you're a reporter with media matters. You just don't, you don't go after the press. And yeah, I guess it's kind of weird using the word press with people like media matters. But this guy was with the Guardians, Guardian, Mr. Jacobs was with the Guardian. You just can't, we cannot have politicians attacking Reporters. We can't have anybody attacking reporters. I've been watching a uh, protest in New York City. It's going on uh, today, and it's, it's loud and uh, uneventful, but there's no violence there. And there are reporters on the scene covering this protest. Uh, there is a, a woman set to speak at a city college, and she is pro-Sharia law. So they're bringing this, this woman to speak at a college, and she happens to be pro-Sharia law. And so there's an anti-Sharia protest. But there's no violence, just a lot of noise and signs. And nobody's messing with the press. Hopefully it'll stay that way. But uh, th this story about a political candidate. And now maybe, maybe, maybe he's got an explanation. But right now uh, it, it doesn't look good. But he may get elected. We'll see tonight. I don't know where you feel, where you stand on that. We had um, Jezebel on earlier. She wanted to make sure that you guys knew she wasn't promoting violence. She was just telling us how, how it made her feel, and she was exaggerating to, uh, to clarify. So, and that, that happens. That's the definition of hyperbole. Uh, good news. We got an apology from Russia. No, they're not apologizing for messing with our election or attempting to meddle in our election. But Russia has apologized. This came through this morning. Russia apologized. Do you remember a couple weeks ago, we had more than one incident where, where Russian planes were getting, Russian fighter jets were getting frightfully close to some of our planes, uh, not only along the along the Alaskan coast, but actually in Syria. And recently in Syria, uh, the 
the Russian fighter jet came upon a U.S. tanker plane. These are gigantic planes. They're, uh, I think they're the KC-10s. That's what they are, huge tanker aircraft. They're the ones who are full of gasoline, full of air, airplane fuel, and the other planes pull up alongside them or underneath them, and they refuel in the air. Well, a Russian fighter jet came up, intercepted our plane, and then proceeded to do a, well, the only way to describe it, proceeded to do a Top Gun-like barrel roll over the plane as it was flying in the air. Uh, the United States was not pleased. The, the gentleman who oversees our air forces in the region complained immediately. That's uh, Lieutenant General Jeffrey Harrington. Complained immediately to the Russians. And he did say that they have apologized over the incident. And, and, and the coalition has also communicated its displeasure with the unprofessional intercept. Now, we're still kind of on different sides of this conflict in Syria. And the airspace, uh, it's tight already. Now, the Russians are kind of saying, well, you know, it was a strategic miscalculation. And they have apologized. We're, we're not exactly per permitted to conduct any real military uh, action or coordinate any military activity with the Russian military. But uh, you know we're at least trying to talk civilly to each other. I don't like the idea that the Russians are messing with our planes in, in, in that kind of an airspace. So at least there was an apology from the Russians. At least there was an apology. Uh, I do need to talk about the health care because the scoring of the health care bill came down yesterday, and that's kind of what precipitated the body slamming issue. But the, the health care score and the CBO, and I have some thoughts on uh, how you should address it when you're talking to your liberal friends, because when you pick up when you pick up the story and you see that the CBO is saying 23 million people are going to be kicked off, it's going to cost this, this, and this, you need some ammo. And I have some ammo, and I'll share it with you just around the corner next on Puro Pelton. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just a couple of headline updates before we do our quick healthcare discussion. Uh, there have been, I think, three more raids in Manchester today and several more arrests were up to at least eight people who are suspected of being associated with the bomber. And then there is the Libyan connection with his brother and father. So uh, that that investigation is moving pretty quickly, despite the fact that the Brits are not happy with whomever leaked the pictures of the detonator. Not good at all. Not good at all. And before we get out of here, I just I want you to stick around at the end of the show. 
I think I have found the weirdest story of the week in a week filled with weird stories. It just might be the strangest thing. And I got to issue a, a preliminary warning to California. Florida has owned the weird story of the week for for months. Florida's about to surrender that title. And one of my favorite cities in California is about to claim the ownership of the strangest damn story that I have heard in in a very long time. So just be forewarned, have a sense of humor about it, California. Own it. If you can't fix it, own it. Okay? That's a little bit of advice. If you can't fix it, own it. Now, what about the health care? The Congressional Budget Office released its scoring of the health care bill last night, late yesterday afternoon, and it turns out that there are issues with the health care bill. It's, it's almost impossible to take over one-fifth of the economy and do it successfully and do it economically and accomplish all of the, all of the, the pipe dreams that anyone says that they promise you with health care. Because it's, it's just not possible. You just can't do it. Even though Trump said it's going to be better care, it's going to, you're going to be able to afford it, all that stuff. The numbers just don't add up based on a lot of things we have going. And the first bill that made it through the House, obviously the Senate's already said they have a problem with it. But last night when the numbers came out, a lot of folks went, yeah, we told you, it's going to, going to kill people. And you, you've got Chuck Schumer standing up and swatting at it. And then this morning, Paul Ryan had to stand up and defend it. And here's what Ryan said talking about the health care bill. The, the $23 million claim is, is there's a lot more to it than what that sounds like. What I'm encouraged by is the fact that CBO said, yes, we hit our budget target and then some. So the bill is clearly in, in compliance with um, reconciliation instructions. Number one, number two. What I'm encouraged is what the CBO says is we're going to be able to drop premiums. We're going to give the states like Wisconsin flexibility to get premiums down. Look at what just happened in Missouri and look at what just happened in Kansas. We see a law that's collapsing. We see a new study that just came out yesterday from HHS saying premiums have doubled in America because of Obamacare. People can't afford this. And so what CBO just told us is the reforms that we put in this bill will help lower premiums. And so I'm very encouraged by that. But I think what, what members are frustrated with is what's behind the CBO analysis about who gets insured and who doesn't get insured. It's, if you leave it up to a person's choice, then they'll make a choice. If the government's gonna stop forcing people to buy something that they don't wanna buy, then they won't buy it. And that's basically what CBO is saying. And he's right. And these are things that we need to take to our liberal friends when they tell us that this this bill will kill people. We need to talk about well, I, you know, I thought you were pro-choice. I thought you wanted someone to have a choice and not be forced by government to do something. That's a pure libertarian position. Don't don't be forced by government. I'm pro-choice when it comes to health insurance. I want to make my decisions. I don't want the government making decisions for me. And when we talk about the CBO, when we talk about the Congressional Budget Office, we have to go back and remember how wrong they were about Obamacare. 
We also have to go back, and I have to give props to Jake Tapper over at uh, CNN. Jake Tapper was talking with uh, Steve Israel, I believe, and he was pointing out the lies of Obamacare. This is what the left forgets, just how much they lied to us about Obamacare. Everything from Pelosi saying we have to pass the bill so we can find out what's in it. But Tapper presented it to Steve Israel this way. Israel, uh, let me ask you, uh, the way that this bill, the original bill, Obamacare, the American, the Affordable Health Care Act, the, the way that that was sold to the American people uh, was um, in many ways mendacious. Uh, mendacious. Uh, they were told if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. First of all, mendacious, former Puro Pelka word of the week, meaning lying. I'll let Jake continue pointing out the mendacity of the original Obamacare bill. It's mendacious. Uh, mendacious. Uh, they were told if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. That's not true. And it's just empirically evident out there that insurance companies are leaving Obamacare exchanges, leaving uh, voters, uh, consumers with fewer options, uh, not greater options. Do you think the Democrats, in the way they sold this bill to the public, really undermined their own credibility on the issue of health care? Now, before Israel answers, let's remember, this was from a couple weeks ago. We hadn't even gotten the news that we got yesterday, which is basically leaving Kansas City without any coverage after Blue Cross Blue Shield said, we can't do this. It's unsustainable. But here's Israel trying to address the lies of Obamacare that Jake Tapper just said, and he can't even prevent himself from giving us one more. Well, Jake, look, let's stipulate that Obamacare is far from perfect, uh, that there were some significant flaws in its execution, including a website that went down, uh, that there were yeah, unintended consequences. That one. Here's the deal. So the first words out of this guy's mouth are, let's not forget that we knew Obamacare had flaws, including a website that went down, a website that we paid, I believe it was in the area of a billion dollars for and it barely worked. A website that so many people that I know who are IT folks have said it was laughable how bad it was and how much money was given to the people who built it. And my other question to our friends on the left side of the aisle who are upset about the new American Healthcare Act that are now, they're now trying to call it Trump Care. They're trying to brand it Trump Care. You'll hear Schumer in a minute. My other question is, if you've known it was flawed, if you knew it was unsustainable, as you did know, if you had all of these issues that you were aware of, where the hell were you since 2009 and 2010? Where have you been since Obamacare took effect? Why was nothing done? And I maintain nothing was done because they wanted to fail now. And they wanted to fail. Initially, they wanted it to fail so they could go after single payer. That was the original plan of the unsustainable Affordable Care Act. It would fail, and then the, the Democrats would say, we didn't do enough. We needed to go bigger. And now they want it to fail because they want it to fail under Trump, and they want Republicans to have to fix it, and then they'll saddle Republicans with the problem. It times out perfectly for the midterms and also gets even bigger in time for 2020. Chuck Schumer was talking about it yesterday, and uh, no shortage of drama with Chuck Schumer on this topic. 
Trump care means higher costs and less care for the American people. For the good of the country, Republicans in the Senate should reject this path and work with Democrats to fix our health care system instead of pulling the plug on it. Where have you been, Democrats? Where were you when you had control? Where were you and you did not include Republicans? For the good of the country, Chuck says, the Senate should reject this plan. Well, let's hear him. The Senate should reject this path and work with Democrats to... Well, he's half right. The Senate, which will reject this path, the Senate has told us pretty much from day one, their plan is to rewrite the whole bill because they want to come up with their own bill. Everybody wants the ribbon. You know, they all want to be the ones who came in and saved it. But I just don't understand how Democrats can sit there or stand there in front of a microphone and say, yes, yes, you have to work with us. When all they did when they put Obamacare together was block virtually every Republican suggestion. Schumer continued talking about this. You know, he had the microphone and the cameras. CBO report makes clear your premiums are heading up for the next several years if Trump care passes. 20% increases in 2018, 5% following year. Gee, last year most people got a 28% increase. Some places got a 100% increase. If, if I was getting a 28% increase and then next year a 20% increase, you know what Democrats call that? That's slowing the rise of health care costs. That's one of those ways they rewrite the language. So we need to point that at them. 20%, then down to 5%, that sounds like real slowing of costs. So when your friends on the left start crowing about Trump care, you need to point out the fact that Obamacare was a mess and nobody did anything. At least this option, and I'll bet you the Senate bill comes back with some even smarter ideas. This option offers real relief and actual choice. So if you're pro-choice, I got a feeling you're going to like Trump care better than you liked Obamacare. When we come back, I, I got the weirdest story of the week, and I don't even think there's any debate on it. Trust me. You're just going to stand there and go, no, that, that's got to be fake. It's not. It's real. It's weird. And you won't believe it. Next, I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Crazy busy day. Things are moving quickly. I have to remind you, get rid of the pain. Get rid of the pain. You do this simply by getting relief factor. Try the three-week quick start program. I tried it 10 weeks ago. I started taking it. I hit my 11th week tomorrow. Eight days into it. The, my pain started going away. I've had chronic pain in my knees, my back, my hips from running. And because I'm in my late 50s, I just accepted it until 
until relief factor came into my life. It's all natural, anti-inflammatory. I don't take over-the-counter pain meds. I certainly don't take prescription pain meds. And now I'm more active. I'm outside. I'm working in the garden. I can get up and down off the floor, off the ground without the pain. Try it. Three-week quick start pack for $19.95. You'll see results, I believe, in seven to 10 days. Give them a call, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, or check them out at relieffactor.com. What do you have to lose but the pain? Before we get out of here, the strangest story of the week, and it's a week of strange stories. I love San Diego. I love the area of San Diego. I love the old city. I love the, the waterfront. I love the golf in San Diego. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. The weather is so good. And there's a little town called Oceanside that we would visit all the time. Haven't been there in a while, but we need to get back. And then I think, well, maybe we don't need to get back because of this lady named Carol Santa Fe. She calls herself an objectum sexual. An objectum sexual. She is someone who apparently is turned on by objects. You don't believe me? This is a grown woman who claims to have taken a building as her life partner. That's right, a building. Most people know this building over here as the Santa Fe train depot. I know her as my friend, my life partner, my wife, Deidre Santa Fe. She has named the building Daedra and taken the last name of Santa Fe because it's the Santa Fe train station. And she really believes this. I'm not kidding. Together since the end of the summer of 2015. I realized I was in love when I had trouble staying away from her when I had to go home. I hated it when I had to go home. She said she realizes she was in trouble when she couldn't, couldn't bear to go, get away from the train station. And she, she didn't like it when she had to be away. She said Daedra picked a great place to be and like the building picked the place to be? I, I, I don't know. I think this lady needs help. But she says she loves looking out at the other buildings and then she also says, we actually watched the other buildings. Listen. I love looking out at the other buildings. We watched, we watched uh, that building being built together. She also shares something that if I think I play it, even though it's, it's on the uh, website for the New York Post newspaper, this video, she also explains how she and her life partner, this building, get intimate. Yeah, it's the weirdest story I've ever seen, at least this week. She's married to a train station. I'll tweet out a link to it, and then tomorrow we'll all discuss if need be. Join me here tomorrow. Oh, it's barbecue day tomorrow. Carl Ruiz, the mad Cuban, joins us. You have to be here. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. It just gets too weird some days. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.